you are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. Well, good morning, Echo listeners. I am here today with Doug and Debbie, and we are going to have another conversation on trusting God, what that looks like to them as individuals and as a married couple. Welcome, Doug and Debbie. Good morning. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so do we have like a million listeners? To yeah, the podcast? so many. We'll see. After today's conversation, I'm sure we will. <laughs> we'll trend. Oh, yes. We'll so much. Yeah. So do one of you want to share kind of what trusting God means to you, or do you have a specific example or thought on it? Hmm. I could go. Go for it. As an example, you know, when, you, when you, you sent us the email to kind of talk about some of this stuff and share, one of the things that, that first prompted or came to mind of a spot where I needed to trust him was when our oldest first went to school, to college. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that, um, that we were, it wasn't that we were going to miss him or be homesick. Certainly then there was that aspect, it, but it was just kind of more of, we want him to succeed and be successful on this next step of, of his journey. And all of our kids are different in different ways. And for him, it, it just really hit me hard that, boy, I, I want him to succeed. I want him to have that, that experience and to learn and to, to prepare him, to set him up for the next step uh, into adulthood. And I really needed to just step back and say, okay, Lord, I'm turning him over once again to you to let you protect him, guide him, encourage him, and give him the wisdom as he goes through this this next step of growing and maturing. And it was really hard at first, but you know, putting that trust in him was a comfort for me, and I think for you too, Debbie. I mean, I don't know if you remember when we went through that. I remember. I definitely remember for you being surprised how you expressed hmm. that, since I'm more of the outwardly emotive person. Hmm. And I think it's the element um, when I think of the times when we have, as a couple, um, but and individually of where trust comes into play, is so easily we go through our day-to-day and big things on our own abilities. If it's intellect or insight or experience or care and concern, but there are places in life where we can't impact in the day to day or and certainly sending off your your first not your only but sending someone to a space where you're not there you're not there to see um you're you're not necessarily there to to be of the influence you used to be and having just to let go and trust that piece definitely and also realizing that in that not even being there things may not go the way you would wish for and and how do you care and love and support in the midst of if there's disappointment or disagreement? Um, I think that's been for me where where I trust has always been tested the most is in a relationship sense. You know, our own children, I think of dynamics we've dealt with in the past. And then even the last year with the pandemic, it wasn't so much the pandemic itself. It was circumstances that that were all relationship-based, that I saw things disintegrating every direction I turned my head. And none of them I had the ability to control. And trusting the Lord I knew would see me through, but what was going to be the other side of it, and letting go 
because again, I couldn't do it. I think that's been a big part of, of trust. Yeah. And then to close the loop, when you, when you turn that trust over to him, and then you watch and participate in the steps and decisions that, in this case, our son made, and the people that, that, that the Lord put in his path along that way, it's like, oh, yeah. It, it was very much an encouragement, I think, for us to see you know, the Lord move in that way. Thank you for sharing. What did that look like practically? So, you know, you're saying you gave it over to God, you're letting go. I mean, and it was hard at first. Was that like a a daily thing? Did you feel yourself, you know, like maybe through actions or communication before you left of wanting to control or give advice? I know that there's a lot of um, individuals that have a hard time trusting God, but they don't know necessarily those simple steps to take, whether it's journaling or praying out loud or reading scripture, is there something that, I don't know, Doug, that you did initially to like say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, or was it more of just a heart and attitude? Well, certainly it was heart and attitude Mm -hmm. for the most part. But then from a practical point of view of, I think, you know, we would check in with them every once in a while. We'd call and touch base. And it was, there was a little bit of comfort in that he went to the school that Debbie and I went to school. So we're familiar with a lot of that stuff. And that, that background, but, you know, being able just to touch base with him and say, hey, you know, how's it going? What are you up to? You know, making sure that he knew we were still out there as his parents. <laughs> yeah. So, and trying to get a sense. And then, you know, when we would get the feedback, not so much trying to harp on him or or mother or father him, but maybe offer some suggestions when, in a, in a gentle way. I mean, I think from a practical point of view, that helped us to to get a feel for, now, how's he making decisions? How are things going? How are, how's adulting on his own impacting him? And then um, and just watching and, and seeing how the Lord's moving through all that. So. For me, the practical walk mm-hmm. also is, if I look at it at the relationship level, so what I always call the, the lateral or the earth on earth, is um, staying connected in relationship, but also being willing to change allow the relationship to change. And I think this can apply to if you're a parent sending off a young adult into the world, but it also applies to changing relationships if it's with family or friendships, is um, always allowing space for something to change and finding the way to still stay connected. And and that um, isn't always easy. I think in the business, we get into our routines. So that's the practical part, I guess, um, is being available, like Doug said. But then how I walked that out, that newness, also for me is taking it to the Lord. For me, it tends to be in singing and worship that the lyrics, it could be a hymn, it could be a contemporary worship or anything else, but the lyrics become my, my way of communicating what my heart is struggling with. And so I will latch on to that or certain scriptures. And then when I maybe just need to vent and writing for me, I like just write what's going through my heart and my mind. That is one way that I walk out the struggle. Hmm. I'm not like a regular journaler, so it's in fits and starts, but it soothes my, my spirit when I settle and do that as I've worked through those trust walks. 
Yeah, I really like that. I love what you both have said in that sense of we don't like change as individuals. And I've never honestly ever thought of that, of like allowing something to change. So there is room for the relationship to stay connected because often people just walk away or they just get frustrated or ask, okay, God, why is this different? It's uncomfortable. So I'm just going to move on. And then there's this broken relationship, which God wants relationships to be restored. So then like merging this into a tithing conversation on financing. Mm, um, Money. Yes, money. (laughs) The big M. Yeah. You know, like that is difficult when people's finances change. They have a really hard time with that. And yeah, I think exactly what you just said of like, okay, God, you're calling me to give above and beyond and give generously, but that's going to really eat into maybe my ability to buy or Mm -hmm. get or, you know, obtain something that I may want. I know you both, before we started the conversation, mentioned that you've had a history and you were raised in an environment where tithing was a part of your culture. Could you give a little bit of background to that for us? In my case, I grew up in a a household where we were regular churchgoers. And my mom was the one who wrote the checks for things. And I would remember at various times just the comment of, oh, I need to get I need to get money sent to the church. And it wasn't said with a voice of like, I don't know, frustration, irritation. It was, this is what we do. I just, we haven't done it for a while. I need to get it off. And given the denomination that I grew up in, I knew that there was like a, I, I think I remember it was probably like a yearly that you gave your, your pledge for the year. So, but that was just something that happened. And then especially the denomination I was in, very mission-focused, also that there were special things. Hmm. The word tithing didn't really come become stuck in my mind until as an adult, I'm newly married, Doug and I, but just the idea of offering and giving was something that had always been in my space. So that was where I came to a, a, a renewed Christian faith as, again, a young married, young adult, you want to share your story, Doug? Yeah, sure. <laughs> For me, it was church was pretty much Easter and Christmas. There was no sense of of tithing or giving to the church, and you know, right or wrong, it's just you know how I grew up and what my environment was. But then, like Debbie said, as as we got married and had influence and got saved, then we got some education and some teaching on, on what it meant to tithe and why and and the difference between tithes and offerings and what it all meant and what it was for. And, you know, from that point forward, we've been, it's just become part of what we do. It's part of our worship to the Lord, mm-hmm. just as much as, you know, singing in churches or, you know, helping others. It's just part of, of who we are and what we do. Yeah, I think from from that sense, it was, it gave, as an adult, it for me became more of a an understanding of the intentionality that it was maybe prior to that, it had been a a practical matter Mm -hmm. of giving to missions or people in need was because we're generous and we care. The giving that I grew up seeing to church was, well, you have a, even if you don't have a functional building, but most often a church did, is that there are operational needs and that money doesn't just come out of thin air, that as part of a, a faith community, you support your faith community in that manner. So, what was exciting, though, for me as then a, a young adult, newly married, was that the understanding that that was part of my worship. Hmm. 
And for me and Doug, we were in a season of life wanting everything that we could have with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so in giving it all to Him, because He is the originator of all, it was became just a natural, well, yes, that is that's the reason why this is part of our worship. And um, and so it's never, I don't remember for us that it became a, a point of contention of now we need to do this and this is the level that we do it at in terms of our regular giving to the church, which is pretty nice because I know it's not that way for everybody. You're newly married, you meet the Lord, and then also you think of newly married couples, you know, there's discourse and like finances and communication are two of the top things. So that love for the Lord, do you feel like that's the biggest drive that kept you both on that same page as a married couple? And then, you know, continuing on to teach your children when you did have them? Sure. And, and you know, as part of that, it's being obedient. Mm. As an act of worship, you know, we are trusting that the Lord is going to bless us in return. Mm-hmm. The Old Testament talks about that one-tenth of, of the produce of the land belongs to the Lord, and it's holy. That's in Leviticus and in Proverbs. He talks about honor the Lord with your first fruits of your crops or, you know, your income. So as part of what we do, and as part of a, trying to be obedient to that, you know, the first fruits or the our tithe is just part of our budget. It's part of how we you know expense out our our blessing our gift in giving it back to the lord his peace and i do feel the peace that has made that for us we were growing in faith pretty well in parallel but was also that we did have people that were teaching to mm-hmm. us not they were teaching us spiritually they were encouraging us spiritually they were um speaking and teaching into our lives as a couple, newly married. And so that does include finances. And part of that was early on then, we, like Doug mentioned, it's been a part of our budget, is that as we made financial decisions, the first decision always was our our tithe, our regular monthly giving, was that was the first thing. And so, yeah, the bank may say we qualify for this size of a mortgage or the... Um, Sorry to our our folks out there that sell cars. You can afford this much much of a car payment, but the reality is is that could diminish my ability to for not just our tithe, but definitely that is that's where we start when we look at things financially. And I do believe that is a part of what's created a little less stress in that space for us is we start from there and then we decide, okay, how much do we want to spend on our housing? How much do we want to spend on our transportation? Yeah, what's left over? What's left over is those other spaces, but we start with what we want to worship the Lord with. And now it's such a natural piece to in that brain. And I remember at times, you know, I could look at family members who didn't live that way. Mm-hmm. And they're taking these amazing vacations every year and their homes and their cars and and a little bit, not a little bit, at times, um, not in the way God would say, well, I could, in my mind, I'd say, well, they don't tithe. So, of course, they have this much money to do X, Y, Z. That's not why we give. You know, Doug talks about what the, the scriptures from the Old Testament say. And 
the Lord does talk about in blessing us, but it's not, that's not the reason we give either is to achieve the blessing. That is the overflow of being obedient as I look at it Mm -hmm. is it's just, it's a part of being a kingdom of God. So we can reap in that, but he also doesn't want us to give with pride or a look at me. I am mm-hmm. a faithful tither, and and it's not that my t- monthly tithe or period, whatever that periodic time yeah. is. You know, it could be once a year, it could be every six months, but it's not my dollar amount is larger than the person in the seat next to me. That's between us and the Lord. That's right. It's the heart that we bring to it, and I think that's it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. Is that aspect of it? Yeah, given with a cheerful heart is. It's it's such a blessing. Hmm. It really mm-hmm. is. I mean, when you when you give back, give your tithe to the church, and then you see how it gets used and how it impacts other people. I mean, if you think about, I mean, most recently, you know, with um, some of the stories that came out of the latest baptism, it's like wow. Or if you're in a table community in a small group, and people open their heart and start to share about challenges that they're going through. If we didn't have this building, if we didn't have this table and these lights in order to be able to meet like that, could that person have found somebody to share that challenge with or got encouragement from a group of people that care about them? Would we have been able to meet if we didn't have the lights in the building and the roof? So being able to, I mean, that's about being able to provide things for this community to impact people. And that's why I think what really jazzes us is... You know, when we see how how our offerings and how our ties are able to just impact people, that's the blessing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love all of that and just that fact that, you know, you're bringing it all back to God and trusting Him, you know, and this heart and it, you're supporting the local church and missions, but not just looking at the church of like, well, they have enough already. Why should I give? Or, you know, you hear all kinds of stories. Well, look at so-and-so has, and they're wearing on stage, you know, I love what you're saying and that reminder that it is about God. It is about His heart for us, mm-hmm. your heart for this community to, yeah, I mean, we don't know where people have come and God may have spent 10 years getting that individual into this building, providing them with just the emotional, mental support and finances provide that. And I love, you know, that mm-hmm. we do have that ability to give and you, you both are giving of your time today and encouraging our community. And, you know, we had talked about giving above and beyond and giving generously when you feel or have felt a time where you felt like God is calling you to give above and beyond. Mm-hmm. How do you navigate that as a couple? You know, cause sometimes <laughs> I'm like, Oh, am I just thinking that? Is it really you God? What do you think about this to my husband? You know, it's like, it can be hard to navigate when you feel like you're meant to bless someone or bless missions or bless the church above and beyond. What, what does that look like for the two of you? Well, I think, you know, as an offering above and beyond our tithe, a lot of times I just get prompted and it's, it's crystal clear. It, it just, it, it just comes to me and I know it's the Lord speaking to me. And, you know, and then, and then there's cases where I start to wrestle with that a little bit and I always lose that wrestle because <laughs> it, it, I don't know why I do it. Hmm. I guess it's just the natural me where, you know, I, I maybe as an example, I get prompted to say, Hey, you know, Doug, you need to give to this and here's what the number is. Okay, Lord, I was planning <laughs> and thinking about doing this and this and this over the next month or two. It's like, well, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this. And so I ended up, 
you know, I usually, well, always I yield <laughs> to what the Lord wants me to do. And what's interesting is in a lot of cases where that's happened, Debbie's had the same prompting. And, and we'll either, even if it's in a service, we might just look at each other and say, okay, just with a nod and we'll just do it. Or if we go home and talk about it a little bit, we come to find out nine times out of 10 that we've had a similar prompting between us. Usually the number is about the same. And so it's never really been a point of contention. It's more like, okay, we're being obedient to what we're being told to do. And it's always worked out. And, and, and those things have been both in the church. They've been outside the church. Right. It doesn't just happen, you know, in a worship service on a Sunday or, a, you know, some other corporate gathering. It's, it truly can be within or outside the walls of the, the church, to, per se. Yeah, I mean, we, we've given to some, some folks in college that, you know, they didn't come from a, a background where they had a lot of money, but they needed a little bit of help. And we were able to bless them that way. And that, that's cool because then, you, and, and when you do it in a, when it's in a time frame where you can kind of see how that impacts that person over time, it's like, wow, thank you, Lord, for letting me be a part of that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is interesting. It tends to be like this. I appreciate uh, Pastor Andy's teachings on the Holy Spirit earlier this fall into summer because definitely for both Doug and I, it is just this, you know, it, not nagging isn't the right word. And sometimes for me, it is a quickening, just this feeling like a nervousness of, in the heart or uh, just like, yeah, this needs to happen. And one of the things that I do think is important because you mentioned this, Catherine, is is just speaking it out, being ready to share with, you know, in our case, my husband, that, hey, I think we need to support this. If anything, if he's wrangling with the Lord or the Holy Spirit to, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily know that, but that's part of the process for us to be obedient is, is to just to speak it out. And then like Doug said, for me, I think about the aspect of, of you know, giving generously and going beyond is I can't be everything, we can't be everything to everybody. But if our piece that, and, I, and he talked about some college students, as I got to learn more of their story through time, knowing that our piece wasn't a, a Band-Aid and it didn't like flip the switch for them, but was a part of their testimony, the ability to sow into that, to water that. And that can happen to my neighbor next door or across the street. It's like what maybe seems so little to me. And that doesn't mean that we sometimes aren't called to give, you hear this churchy's term, to give sacrificially. But it's it's with a bigger purpose, and that always, to me, has been a huge motivator. I'm not here on, on the earth for my own needs. I'm, I'm a two, Enneagram two, of I want to give in and, and make a difference for whoever I can. My time is definitely one of those ways. It's valuable to me to do that, but to get to do that with our finances also is, we do get jazzed, like Doug said. You speak of Enneagram too, and you can give, but you give responsibly too, you know, so you're not going to put in a self, maybe there's been times where it's like, oh, this is like gut-wrenching, God, how are we going to get through the next few months with these things we had in mind? And just that sense of like listening to the Lord, speaking it out, mm -hmm. and then giving and being obedient, I think is really inspiring and just that awareness of you both listen to the Lord and you're listening to the Holy Spirit and you have this 
you're in tune to what he's saying. And I think that's very, very encouraging. Are there like regular, I know you mentioned worship songs or hymns and you've referenced some scriptures. Are there other scriptures that you reference or want to encourage us with that's helped you get to where you are today? In John 12, um, 44, Jesus is talking to the crowd and he says, if you trust me, if you're trusting not only me, but also God who sent me, for when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all that have put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. And that just speaks to me that I trust in him. He is there for me to deliver me from, you know, the work of, of the dark and all that that's trying to do to stop me from becoming who the Lord wants me to be. I think when it comes to the scriptures, I'm always like challenging myself to not cherry pick out of context. So there's ones that you frequently hear quoted, and I think there's a, a larger teaching that can go behind that, that be yeah. around those that makes me hesitant to, to like just say this or this one. Mm-hmm. But if you take a look like in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You know, I don't, we don't give to be better or more righteous than others. Mm-hmm. We give to be obedient and close to the Lord. But He is the one who has supplied for our lives. Mm-hmm. And so if He has supplied for us, why would I not then in turn want to to sew that back out, you know, it's, it's it comes down from him, but then it's to, it's not to just rest in our lives. It, it's to go back out again, and so that has to do with you know certainly our finances, but in relationships. And sometimes I get nervous when I you know the reality is we've lived a pretty solid life in terms of some of the struggles that you see others experience. If it be finances and health, and you know. Certainly, we've had our share of things. It's easy for me to say, but others have had more challenging circumstances. Does that mean they have been any less faithful to the Lord? Hmm. No. No. I would never say someone's ease through life is an example of their righteousness. And I think back to a, a mission trip I took years ago to the Dominican Republic, and I had the the blessing to get to go to um, kind of our one of our escorts to her father's home. And... He had very, very poor, practically blind, and where we were, we were in the northern part of Dominican Republic on the Samana Peninsula, uh, cinder block walls, just so drastically different. The joy of the Lord that shone forth through him. And I was, I was fortunate because I did not speak Spanish. He spoke English. He was able to communicate where he had come from and, and how the Lord saved him. And anybody looking around with our Western United States eyes would have been like, but what does he have? You know, it wasn't about those tangible material things. But if I have those tangible material things and it's he who supplied them, those are the kinds of scriptures that when I read them, they're a reminder to me, he gave so that you can sow back out. That's beautiful. And you think too, and you know, God is using you as you give, you know, Mm -hmm. like it is a gift from God of your obedience and your, your time and your encouragement and that 
you know, I'm sure you felt that where God has given to you through other people, whether it was a word of encouragement or prayer mm-hmm. or it, through material gifts or possessions. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's just, yeah, it's a great reminder that reality of like, you might look less on someone, but they love the Lord. They're full of joy and they have anything and everything that they could ever want. You know, and I think that's a great, a great reminder. I just wanted to just to mention that, you know, when, when you give sacrificially and we've been in some of those situations and it's like, okay, if we do this, how do we, how are we going to take care of that and that and that, that we had planned or that, that we have to take care of. And every time the Lord provided, and we just, we just have to trust that, you know, trust his word that says that we can trust that, that he will provide for us in our need. And it's, when you were reading the scripture from John twelve forty four, I was thinking about the darkness and, you know, he is the light and like, as people, it's so easy to be comfortable in the dark, oh, yeah. you know, yes. we see that light come and go and I, you know, feel inspired and challenged. And then in my head too, I think of those that don't understand that hard attitude or that obedience of like what it means to worship the Lord with their time, their finances, how do you get to a point if someone is listening and they're like, I've never tithed, I've never offered, I've never given generously. Why should I? I mean, is there like a way of like, I don't know, anything that you feel like the Lord is saying of like letting go a little bit more control of finances and money? Because it does really have, people may not realize it, but it does really have a hold on a lot of individuals. And or I look back to what Andy recently preached again as well, that Money also doesn't buy you the Holy Spirit. You know, money, you don't right. just give then to, and I know we've mm-hmm. we've touched on that a little bit, but sitting here thinking of, you know, someone that's comfortable with all their stuff in a big, large, dark cave, you know, what is a word of encouragement or how could they simply take maybe just one step closer to that sense of letting go of a little bit of what's controlling them, putting you on the spot? Test him. Trust that, that you can, that he will provide. You know, give a little bit more, be a little more sacrificial. And see what the Lord will do with that. You may not see it right away. Got to be patient. You might see it right away, but there may be a, a longer term thing. But just be patient for that. The, the Lord will. The Lord will bless you. And it's not an an all or nothing. I maybe because this is how I sometimes approach it. A little bit of you got to get it right, and you got to get it right the first time, or you know, do it again all in. Is that if it's like, if the idea of of giving and offering. Um, especially when you hear the term, again, tithe, and you hear maybe 10%, and you're like, oh, my words, where's that going to come from? Is, okay, so don't start there. It is a journey, and as the Holy Spirit is gracious, our Heavenly Father is gracious, take a first step. Maybe it is $2 a week or a dollar a week, but it's the, what I would encourage, just like gathering together to worship Mm -hmm. on a regular basis, or your regular time in the Word and in prayer, that it becomes a practice, is that make whatever amount, if it's a financial amount, or if it's also your time, um, either way, do a little bit and just do it regularly. You could think of it as a, okay, testing. I think of it as it's, it's building in me the regular practice. And then I would be shocked if with time you wouldn't find this is so, this is like breathing now. As you're seeking the Holy Spirit, there's going to be a prompting of, okay, let's let's bring it up a little higher, whatever that is. Again, if it's frequency or, but it's, it's not get it right and get it right now. 
Yeah, very encouraging. And then I'm going to take it one step further. What would you suggest if you have advice if specifically a, a couple or a married couple is not on the same page? I know that's been a question I've had personally from friends on, you know, mm-hmm. I would love to give, but so-and-so doesn't. How do you navigate that when, you know, both, maybe both parties are working or maybe only one is, how would you still encourage that? I like that mm-hmm. idea of, you know, a dollar at a time. You said do a little, but just regularly. I think mm-hmm. that's really great. I would, I would suggest find that quiet place and pray. Let the Lord speak to you, you know, and, and seek his wisdom on how to navigate that through that. And also, you know, even if you're, if you're just getting started and you don't know where to start or how much to start with, or, you know, whether it's a combination of time or, or money or whatever it is, you need to pray about it. And then, you know, if it's a, if it's a couple and, and there's a little bit of challenge there on trying to come to an agreement on, on where to start or how much or how, what that offering looks like, pray together as a couple and talk through it. I can only speak to this as someone who hasn't experienced it, but you know, you maybe have heard this too, Catherine. It couldn't just be women. It could also be equally a man, um, you know, the spouse in the relationship of what if one wants to have nothing to do? You know, either they are, you know, they are not participating in uh, church life with you. They have strong feelings against it. You know, my I want a practical is. Start with what you do have control of. You know, is it that you go for a daily or a weekly Starbucks mocha, caribou, whatever? Start just right there then and give up that one thing and just make that what comes your regular practice. Depending on how some couples handle their finances, you know, and I've heard plenty of cases, you know, income stay, they have their own, you know, accounts and, you know, all those different ways. It's getting into the nitty gritty, but what the Lord is looking at is our hearts. And so, but let's say you're in a situation where your spouse is like, absolutely not. None of our financial resources are going to go to support a church. The Lord still knows your heart. And let's say you don't have that weekly Starbucks that you can give up. The Lord does know your heart. And it's bottom line, it's still undergirded by prayer. And you're not going to be judged by him. You're not going to be judged by a church body, at least the echo community, because we don't know what other people give. And, and you don't have to share that, but you can, it's not replacing it with your time. It's not about a trade-off time versus money. But again, keep it with your heart in terms of prayer. And, and some people wait a long time to see those heart changes but the Lord knew it would come. And maybe you've been waiting a long time and you're like, really, will it ever come? He still hears the cries of your heart. Yep. It will come back in someday in unexpected ways. This is a practical one. We've a parent of three adult children now, but I was telling our daughter this morning on the way here that we were, what we were doing. And it blessed me so much to hear her say, thank you for the example that you and dad were. She knew that we tithed. It's not that we talk about finances a ton. I, I feel like in front of the kids as they were growing, but it, it was a part of our worship. So it was just a, a communicated, this is what we do. 
and she has carried that forward into her adult life. Our son and daughter-in-law, that's a part of their adult life. And, you know, I think about conversations I've had with others outside, maybe not as many, but I still remember a conversation with my a sister who um, tithing's not a part of their life. And I, I used the phrase, I said, yes, for us, it's 10%. And she was like, eyes wide, wow. I wasn't, I didn't mean for that to be prideful, but that's part of the testimony mm-hmm. and example that um, don't be afraid to share that with others in ways that, um, with a, a good heart check of, this is part of my testimony. Mm-hmm. Just pray on it. Take it to the Lord if it's a challenge for you. Yeah. I love that. And on that, would one of you mind praying for us to close our conversation? Thank you, Doug. Lord, we just thank you for this day and this opportunity to get to share with, with the Echo community. And I pray, Lord, that the things that we've shared, the ideals that we've talked about, help others through any kind of challenge that they might be having, or hopefully it's an encouragement to take the next step. And we just ask, Lord, that you would just bless this community, bless this church. Lord, we ask that you just continue to let Echo be an influence in this community and a blessing upon this community. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this week's Echo Church podcast. If you'd like prayer, have questions about the church, or would like to be a part of the team, please let us know. Feel free to email us at hey at we are the echo dot church. We look forward to hearing from you.